Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Another day of big labor news. Nearly 60,000 Kaiser Permanente workers have overwhelmingly voted to authorize a strike if there's no agreement in contract negotiations by September 30th. The healthcare workers, most of them in California, are pushing for a 7% wage increase in the first two years of this next contract and a six and a quarter the following two years. Rashad Pritchett cleaned surgery rooms at a Kaiser hospital in Richmond and says the raises are overdue in the wake of the pandemic. You have to do right by the people who have gotten broken their backs for you, work doubles, slept in their cars because they were scared to bring COVID to their loved ones. In August, a Kaiser spokeswoman said the Oakland-based nonprofit has been bargaining in good faith and is committed to reaching a mutually beneficial agreement. A California appeals court has agreed to hear a challenge to the state's recently adopted solar power rules. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has the details. San Diego's Protect Our Communities Foundation is one of three groups which asked the first district court of appeal in San Francisco to intervene. The groups argued the rules do not recognize all the benefits of solar, do not encourage solar adoption, and do not expand solar in disadvantaged communities. Attorney Aaron Stanton says the legal petition asks the court to throw out the decision. I have seen these orders come out with summary denials. One sentence, the court declines to hear the case. Uh, And that's not what happened here. Uh, The court has decided to hear the case. and The court will uh, review the commission's net energy metering decision and determine whether it was lawful, which is very exciting for us. The California Public Utilities Commission voted unanimously last December to approve the new rules, which increased the cost of rooftop solar. They took effect in April. For the California Report, I'm Eric Anderson in San Diego. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. It's the end of an era along the Klamath River. Labor Day weekend was the last time the whitewater rapids on the upper Klamath could be rafted during the summer. A group of antiquated dams are coming down on the Klamath, meaning major changes for the river rafting community. KQED reporter Danielle Venton joined the final trip. To most of us, a flowing river looks smooth, or maybe rough. Maybe it looks fast or slow. But river guides see a lot more than that. Waves and holes pour over. It's like a waterfall. Um, like uh, people, a lot of kayakers will talk about boofing things, which is like when you get speed off of a drop. Shauna Sims has worked on this river for six years. It being like surfy or munchy or grabby or sticky, you know, and that describes like the characteristics of what that hole is like. She loves the upper Klamath straddling the border between Oregon and California. It's one of the few rivers that cross the Cascade Ranges. Because they're young, these young mountains. And um, that's what's really cool about running this river. is It's very steep, which creates really fun rapids. The stars of the show are a trio of Class 4-plus rapids that come in short succession. Caldera, Satan's Gate, and Hell's Corner. I was definitely glad to stay in the boat going over all three. The rapids make this river great. But what makes this river weird is that, until a few days ago, it got turned on and off every day. They turn it on in the morning, and it comes out of one of the turbines up at the J.C. Boyle Dam, above the section that we run. And then the operators turn off the flow of water at night. This hydroelectric dam, built in the 50s, is the furthest upstream of four dams now being removed on the Klamath River. This is the last weekend of commercial and private rafting on the upper Klamath on this section because they're taking out the dams. Sims has mixed feelings about this. It's very bittersweet. It's a loss for Sims. While some spring trips may still be possible, those will rely on the right conditions from snowmelt. This is it for summer runs and for a big source of work. I've been guiding out here for a while and I I really love this river. It feels like a home to me and... I'm going to miss this part of, like, the summer, but it just doesn't really compare to, to what's going to change. She says the gain of a free-flowing river, one that may see salmon returning from the ocean, will outweigh the loss. The Upper Klamath has suffered from unnaturally high water temperatures and from a lack of fish ladders between it and the ocean. Local tribes have been working to improve these issues for decades. We raft on this river all summer, and it just kind of gets warmer and warmer as the summer goes on, and uh, we know it's not nearly as healthy as it used to be. Sim says this sad but glad attitude is the norm in the whitewater community. It was true of the other three guides on the trip, who will shift their focus to working other rivers. It even seemed to be true among the guests. Knowing that this is the last time that we're going to be able to run the river like this, And I wanted to be a part of that history and a part of um, just saying goodbye to it as it is. 
This was Sarah Sloan's third time rafting on the Upper Klamath. She's from Berkeley and came back for a last hurrah with her son before he leaves for college. He plans to study forestry at Oregon State. I actually spent this morning just um, up above camp looking at the river and thinking about what it all means. She decided it's about letting go and embracing what's next. You know, the turbines come out, we, we lose the control, but that's sort of the metaphor for life. So amid the sadness was a real sense of celebration. At the pullout, our guides, Carly, Dean, Micah, and Shauna, brought out champagne, and we toasted to the river's past and to its more hopeful future. Everybody step in as far as you can. (laughs) The timeline for the last dam to be removed is by the end of 2024. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Venton on the Klamath River. And that's the California Report for Friday, September 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Christopher Beale, and Catherine Monahan. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tovid-Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and adult and children's health systems working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.